Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Live with Chaley show. I'm your host, Larry Bailey. And as always, we come together every Tuesday, come hell or high water. No matter what's going on outside today, I have construction going right outside my window. Hopefully uh, the coughing will not kill us this week. And Chaley is out hustling right now. She's actually over, uh, I think she's doing a meeting with Real Worth Real Wealth Network, if I could speak. Um, so we always want to say thanks to those folks uh, on promoting education and promoting knowledge. If you ever have any questions, of course, and you want to set up a meeting with Chaley or any of the other dedicated lending specialists, always reach out to uh, 855-74-RIDGE, or you can email to info at ridgelendinggroup.com. And uh, today, today's agenda is going to be open Q&A. We've got a couple of product questions that came in since last week. Um, today's mortgage market was a meltdown. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that and uh, some of the things that happened last week in the marketplace. Uh, we can talk about loan programs. We can talk about your personal situation if you feel like it. Um, and I can also share a couple of things again about um, the all-in-one loan program because there's, there's still one of those things where some folks are still not quite grasping the idea of what a sweep account is uh, for that program. So that's what we had set for the agenda. So welcome, uh, thanks for coming. And um, so to get started, uh, I'll leave it open to the floor. Does anybody have any questions that they brought with them that they wanted to get out of the way up front? Jannard, thanks for coming. I, you're, you're a new face, so I appreciate you, you showing up for this meeting. I'm, I'm guessing you came to see what everybody else was doing. Um, so uh, welcome to you. And, uh, and Don and Gloria and Nancy, you guys are like my staples. You're like my bull pit. And I know you're always out there <laughs> looking for somebody else to, to kind of feed in um, what was happening. Last week's call was pretty cool. We actually had um, a fellow community member kind of uh, bear their soul, so to speak, and, and share that. Uh, hopefully, we'll get that replay up here before the end of this week. Uh, summertime leaves me a little bit short on resources getting some of these things produced. So, uh, but we will get it out to the community. So, does anybody have anything they want to talk about? I got a couple things in the uh, in the bag. Uh, Nancy, yeah, can you hear me? I guess I'm okay. Yeah, you're good. Um, uh, the all-in-one mortgage is a very interesting and unique program. And I'm recommending it to my colleagues, actually. Um, but I wonder if there are specific, um, are there higher, um, I don't know, levels of qualification for it? Or can you help me understand yeah, I, I can I can get into the into the, the weeds pretty far. Um, and as Chaley would say, you know, she had to hear this thing like 50 times to really grasp it. It took me a few less times, but I was pretty damn close to that number. And that's only because my background is <clears throat> actually banking. And this is by far, this is the most banking product I've ever dealt with in the mortgage lending space. And the reason why is because you have to understand this is, again, I'm going to speak bank talk um, and I'll explain what it means, but a sweep account is a very specific banking term. And a sweep account is a place that all of the money from every possible source in your universe goes into. And um, if you're not using the all-in-one as your sweep account, you're missing the whole point of the product. So we've had folks um, last month, uh, wait, this is August two months ago, 
we had somebody who was well qualified on paper and they actually got denied in final review because uh, my team and the borrower together, we did a really bad job of making sure the all-in-one was the best product for them. And, uh, and I'm going to go into those details uh, and you let me, you know, you, you cry uncle um, because some of this stuff is very boring and very dry, but it's important to understand the methodology behind it. And so I'm going to share a screen for a second. Uh, if I can figure out tech. Oh, that's right. Cause zoom, you can't share a screen. So um, hang on, hang on with me. I promise this won't be too painful, but if I could type Ridge lending group.com and let's see, is it going to let you a, Oh, I swear to goodness. It's not, why am I just so, let me try it one more time. Share screen. And it's just not going to let me, it's going to let me do a whiteboard. It's going to let me do content and video, and it's going to let me do a file. I really can't stand, um, can't stand zoom sometimes. So I'm going to, I'm going to describe, I don't know why I can't do uh, screen share on Zoom. I'm feeling like I'm missing an opportunity here. But the, because I know Kaylee's done it and I feel like I'm being, uh, let's see here if I can get it. I'm going to try it one more time. Share screen. Yeah. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to cry uncle on this and I'm going to guide you through basically what ends up happening um, in the, uh, what I'm going to show off screen. And so follow along if you're on a computer, if you're not on a computer uh, and you really want to find out more information, I'll be glad to record this on separately and post it on the community. But basically if you go to ridgelendinggroup.com and you click on all-in-one mortgages uh, HELOC, it's very, it's the top kind of center left. Mm -hmm. And in that screen, there'll be a start AIO simulator. And the all-in-one simulator is not meant to be for, um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a useful tool and it's what it's really meant for is to make sure that your sweep account is going to function in a way that's gonna give you the highest impact for the all-in-one loan. So um, I know you asked me about qualifying, Nancy. Mm -hmm. And um, the thing about qualifying is that if the, <coughs> pardon me for coughing, if the results tab of that simulator is not giving you a very clear answer of the loan that you're either considering or uh, creating in terms of a fixed rate mortgage uh, or even an adjustable rate mortgage, like a 7-1 arm or something like that, um, or 5-1 arm, um, or a loan that you're uh, uh, replacing, if it's not clear indicator, then it's probably not the right loan for you. And what does clear indicator mean? Clear indicator means that if your existing term, uh, the, the example I've used in the past is my own loan, which has three and a, I have a three and a quarter on a 20 year fixed rate loan on my, on my house. And when I went through the simulator um, with my cash flow through my sweep account, I would have saved about $60,000. Uh, and instead of paying my house off in another 18 years, I paid off in about three and a half or four years. I think it was something like that. Um, and then it would have given me all this equity to pull from. That's the whole point of the all-in-one. It's a first lien position HELOC. 
What was not a good fit for me was the LTV. So I've posted these out. I'll go ahead from this recording today. I'll repost the, the, the intricate guidelines, but I can only pull an 80% loan to value on my house. And for me, that wasn't enough cash to have it make sense. For me, it made more sense. Um, locally, I, I use PNC Bank, they're a regional lender, um, and they'll go up to 90% loan to value on a home equity line of credit. So for me, it made more sense to keep my first and get a line of credit because I needed that extra, in my case, it was over 60,000, that extra $60,000 line to accomplish what I wanted to as an investor. So um, although the all-in-one seems magical, <coughs> it doesn't give you the cash that you want and doesn't accomplish what you want to, it doesn't give you the tools to accomplish what you want, it doesn't matter. Sure. So, um, so if, if you go through the simulator and it gives you the results that drop dead makes sense, that's the first qualification. And so before anything else matters, if the simulator doesn't help, um, it doesn't matter. And when you go through the simulator, I want you to pay attention to the spending tab. And in the spending tab, um, there is in the, in the second to the bottom field, there's a spot that says um, uh, remaining percentage. And what it's trying to say is if you bring in $10,000 a month cash, and at the end of that month, <coughs> or I mean, you have $1,000 left over, well, that's a 10%. That's going to give you a much different result than if you had 5% or 15%. And that result may be meaningful. So the way the underwriters will do it, and this is what happened with that, Gloria, you tell us what you're talking um, <laughs> the way that the underwriters will do it is they'll look at your bank statements. And with the program, you don't just send in the bank statements for assets. That's a, that's a different guideline I'll get to in a second. But you have to send in <coughs> all of the asset statements that you're going to be consolidating into the sweep account. Because that's the only way that you give yourself an honest picture of what you're, you know, what you're going to see as a result of the product. And this includes income from uh, from a partner or a spouse or a household member or your kids or your parents or anybody who's putting cash into that account, you've got to include in that deposits tab. Your remaining leftover goes into your spending tab and the results give you a true picture. So um, any questions at all? Again, I, I, I really wish I could display this on screen. I have no idea why Zoom does that crap. But if you go to the Ridge Lending Group, Chaley's done these demos of how the simulator works. Um, does anybody have any questions about that part of the qualification, of making sure it's the right fit for you? So it's not a matter of being better or not as well qualified as much as whether your goals are in line with the benefits that you get from, from the all-in-one loan. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. I think, it's you know, the, not a higher standard, forgive me. Yeah, it's it's um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's got its pinky up in the air in terms of loan products. Like it tries to be a little bit more than the average loan because it is. It's a banking product. And it uses its first lien position as a line of credit so that as you're satisfying the existing principal through the sweep account methodology, you have access to more of your equity when you need it. So 
Right. Yeah. But how does the lender make any money? <laughs> well, because of the outstanding balance, right? Because of the interest. Yeah, because of the interest, just like any other loan. The the uh, the idea of why would they want to make why would they want you to pay down the principal quicker because they make less money? It's the reason why I don't know if you guys read the news, but places like um, uh, Quicken, right? Rocket Mortgage just got into home equity loans this week, just in the news. Why is that? Because people are tapping into their equity, and historically, Americans like to spend money on credit. That's what we do. So if you get a line of credit, chances are you're going to use it. And because it's variable in nature, it actually insulates the lender from future uh, rate increases. So the margin's fixed, right? The margin's three and three quarter. Um, like that's a guaranteed margin for every dollar that you borrow. That's like hand over fist, a better return for, for, the, um, for the lenders than sure. giving you a fixed rate mortgage at some interest rate that in the future may be worth less than the note it's printed on. So, but my understanding may be wrongly is that, okay, say you're paying $1,000 a okay. month mortgage payment. And some of that, you know, gets peeled off into um, uh, taxes and insurance. And then you have, which I assume just comes out of there. And then you have principal and interest, right? And the interest belongs to the lender. The principal, like, what part of that payment goes back into the HELOC is it both the principal and interest? Yeah, I think I think what you're what, what it sounds like you might be struggling with <coughs> is where does the cash go, and how does that affect the loan the loan product? And in and in the in the results of the simulator on RidgeLendingGroup.com, um, there's a payment table, and it actually shows you how how the all-in-one applies its uh, applies its cash in the sweep account to to your balance. So it's a fairly technical question, Nancy. What I would encourage you to do is, is okay. through the simulator. And as you have the results, um, reach out to your dedicated lending specialist and say, hey, listen, I got this. Why does this loan make sense for me personally? Again, yeah. You could be the you could be 850 credit score, you you owe um, you know, hundred thousand dollar, hundred thousand dollars in your house, and it's worth a million bucks, and you're like, hey, I want a line of credit. The all-in-one sounds great. But if you're not a good candidate for the for the simulator, it's really not a good loan for you. You know, yeah. a standard HELOC might be a, a or a thirty year fix might be a good loan for you. It just yeah. depends on the situation. Um, from a qualifying standpoint, you always need to have a minimum of ten percent of the total line in um, liquid assets called reserves. Um, if your debt to income ratio is is one percent or forty percent. And your line of credit is a half a million dollars. You would need fifty thousand dollars in liquid assets verified with two months' bank statements um, before closing. Yeah. If your debt to income ratio, uh, and again, I'm presuming everybody knows how to calculate it. If not, throw a note in chat, and I'll explain it. But your debt to income ratio, or raise your hand, I don't care. Um, your debt to income ratio is between uh, is over forty three. It's a no go. You're not going to qualify. Right. So 43 is your max, zero is your minimum. And uh, if your debt to income ratio is, is 40.01 to 43, 
you have to verify 15% in liquid assets um, for closing. So, you know, again, it's, it's, it's a banking product. <laughs> 15% reserves doesn't exist in any other guideline in, in lending. It's just its own animal. So doesn't mean you, you, uh, you might not need that. Typically, lent mortgage programs go in months of reserves for PITI. This one doesn't do that. This one says, hey, I want to make sure you're as good as it gets, and either it's 10% of your line or 15% of your line in liquid assets. Um, the rest of the qualifying is DTI basis, like just explained, and is uh, collateral based, meaning um, you can get an all-in-one, you can get one all-in-one loan against your primary house, you can get one all-in-one loan against a second home, you can get one all-in-one loan on an investment property. That's it. Maximum three. Yeah, and you wouldn't ever do yeah, three. I, get it. I can yeah. see two because I could see running personal accounts through my primary home and business accounts through my investment property. Um, but as Chaley's pointed out before, when you look, you know, we at Ridge, we use this uh, um, REO spreadsheet. So it's a healthy exercise. If you haven't done it, you put all your properties onto, onto this Excel sheet and you list out their current values and their current um, mortgage balances, if any, and you pick the one that's going to give you the most or the, or the largest line of credit and the most cash available. And that's how you figure, that's how we help you figure out it. You figure out on your own um, what property is most likely to be the best uh, resource for this product. Okay. Okay. Right. Did I answer your questions? Not really. Oh my gosh. I did. But it sounds like I need to go to the simulator to get my specific. What uh, question did I miss? I'm really sorry. Seriously. Well, you explained the whole arc. So please don't. Uh, oh, okay. And it, it's just that, you know, you haven't answered whether it's accessible or um, uh, advisable for me. Oh, well, yeah. I don't. I mean, I have to. We have to get real, you know, if I was Charlie, I'd say, yeah, we need to get into your, we need to get into, into Nancy Roth. We need yeah. to get into what you're doing. I need to look at your cat, you know, and you could do the simulator yourself, but if you wanted Ridge to professionally guide you, we'd have to look at your bank statements and your cash flow. Um, I've seen people use this product and then not use the banking service, like that you missed the whole point. Yeah. That's a stupid thing. You know, it's, it's, yeah. and it happens. It's, it's, it's what people choose, but you know, our mission is to make sure you understand the product inside and out. And first and foremost, it is a banking product. It's like nothing else in the lending um, universe. Everything else is a loan. And I'm going to talk about 7-1 Arms next because that question came up, our adjustable rate mortgages um, in a second. But, you know, again, at 30 years, 30 years of lending and 35 years of banking, um, this is by far the uh, only product that is uh, is currently around that I've seen in the open marketplace that is a true banking product in the lending space. Yeah, so. yeah, unique. I feel like every meeting we talk about the all-in-one because it comes up a lot, but it's it's because um, it's unique, you know. And if you get tired of talking about it, just tell me to move on. You never hear about it anywhere else. <laughs> just, oh, really? just rich, rich is kind of you know. Well, we cater to investors, right? So it comes up a lot. Um, so I did get a question on uh, the community um, earlier this week. Uh, Gloria, I got your question. Um, 
I'll get to your question in one second because it, it's a really good one. It's an important one um, about second position uh, HELOCs. So uh, any adjustable rate mortgage that is <coughs> traditional, meaning it is not a fixed rate mortgage, but it's a fully amortized loan, meaning it doesn't have an interest only rider to it. It just is a straight fully amortizing loan from the day one. Um, there was a question on the community that asked about how payments are applied or um, and the answer is an adjustable rate mortgage, whether it's a one month or six month or one year or three or two year or three, five, seven, or 10 year, um, fully, fully amateurizing loan means just that. On uh, the review period, which is monthly, the loan is reamateurized at its, at its remaining balance over the remaining term. Now, this isn't really talked about a lot um, I bet I've really never seen this talked about a lot, but if you take a 30-year fixed rate mortgage and you borrowed $100,000 today, and let's say for, for sake of discussion, the principal and interest payment is $500 and you owe $100,000 today. Sorry for the background noise, guys, if that saw blade's coming through construction. What is the mortgage payment next month? How much do I owe in a month? If payment number one is $500, what's payment number two? Anybody? It's a fixed rate mortgage. So it's $500, right? It's the same. It's the same every. It's $500 for whatever the term sure. is. Yeah. Now, what if I paid $50,000 in month three? What is the new mortgage payment in month four? Well, do they recast it or not? I didn't say, I didn't say anything about recast. Okay. So mm -hmm. the answer is $500, right? 100. 500. No big deal. But... What you need to, what everyone needs to understand is, and this gets lost a lot in translation, is the amount of interest accruing on that note changes every month. So if you were to pay, if you were to pay something, if you were to pay um, the fully amortized payment, I'm just going to put you on mute, Michelle, just for the background noise. Um, if you were to pay the the um, the regular monthly payment. The amortization schedule that you got from when you close your loan is what you carry. But if you prepay it all, even though your monthly payment doesn't change because that's written into your note, the amount of interest that's accruing on your note changes from month to month based upon your current principal balance. It's a really, really important concept. And, and Nancy mentioned something called recasting. And this happens sometimes where if I owed 100,000 and I paid 50, some people are like, hey, bank, will you recast my remaining balance over my remaining term to give me a lower required monthly payment? And most, most banks will say no. Yeah. Because the, the note's written and the mortgage, mortgage, which is recorded at your county level for your property, references back the note. And to recast means you got to do all this paperwork. It's just not going to happen. It used to happen a long time ago when things were much simpler in banking. Not, not anymore. Yeah. Um, so how does that tie into an adjustable rate mortgage? So an adjustable rate mortgage is different from a fixed rate mortgage in that the interest that is being applied to your, to your outstanding balance is either adjusting every month or adjusting every period as written in the terms of your note. Right. So in English, if it's a one month adjustable, that rate is fixed for one month. If it's a two, three, 
five, seven, or 10 one arm, that interest rate is, it's called an intermediate locked loan, but that it's technical, but it, that means that the interest rate is locked for that first period as indicated on your note. So one year, two years, three, five, seven, or 10. The usual suspects are um, a one year or three or five or seven, 10 twos are fairly uncommon, but they do exist. But your interest rate that your um, note is locked into is for that first period of time. And then you have to refer to the terms of your note to, to, um, to be guided on how often your interest rate will readjust um, after the subsequent lock period. Why does all this matter? This matters because the amount of monthly payment that you're required to make is not fixed. It's based upon the amount of the outstanding loan, reamortized over the remaining term, based upon the interest rate that's defined at that change period. So go back to the question on the HELOC on how is a 7-1 arm work at Ridge Lending Group? The answer is it works the same at Ridge Lending Group as it does anywhere else in the, um, in the Western-based um, banking system, which is the amount of the interest rate over the remaining term based upon the terms of the note. So if it's a 7-1 arm fully amortized loan, the payment will be determined on the fully amortization on the fully amortized period set at the time of closing for 84 months. And then will the payment will recalculate based upon the remaining balance at the interest set on the renewal date for the remaining term. So the answer is it depends um, on what that payment will be, but that payment will adjust. As, as compared to a fixed rate mortgage where the payment does not readjust. So that's just for, for, if you've ever wanted to get into the mechanics of mortgage lending, I could bore you to death on the math <laughs> because it is very boring, very dry stuff. And it is math. So if you hate math, I'm sorry, um, but that's what it is. Uh, so I'm gonna go. Larry. Larry, can I ask a question about that? Yeah. Sure, of course, go ahead. I think this is Justin. Sorry, I'm driving, so I'm on video, but uh, you may be responding to my question. Um, so, so you guys do, uh, so the, do you guys amortize from day one? I guess that was my unclear. When I talked to one of the dedicated lending specialists, like I was under the impression that, um, your, let's say a 7-1-R, that for the first seven years, you're discharging interest only. Whereas in my previous experience, like I have a, I have a Fannie Mae 7-1-R where it's amortized, you know, from day one. So I'm making a 30-year payment based upon the current interest rate in those first seven years. Um, but then I understand it will adjust after those seven years, but it is amortized. Are, are yours amortized or not from the beginning? Depends on the loan product. Or are they just interest only? Yeah, we've got we've got interest only as well as as well as fully amortized seven um, one arms. So just depends on what product you want. Okay, you do. Yep. Okay, I guess I guess when I was talking to the lending specialist, he only mentioned the the uh, interest only arm. So I thought that was maybe all that you offered, but it sounds yeah, like that's it, not the. It's definitely not. I mean, anybody. I mean, we offer the same Fannie Freddie products that anybody can offer, and um, both fully amortized as well as interest-only options. So, sorry for the confusion, but it's 
it definitely, um, if you want to fully amortize the 7-1 arm, we can absolutely offer that. And what are you seeing roughly as the rate difference between that and a, a 30-year fix? I sincerely couldn't tell you on the spot. I don't gotcha. look, at, I look, don't look at rates all day. I can tell you that anecdotally speaking, the margin and the, the difference in interest rates on things like 7-1 arms and 30-year fixed it still doesn't make any sense to me why you would take a seven one fully amortized arm um, over a thirty year fixed. Um, the 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 average loan level pricing adjusters for your average situation hits harder on an arm versus a fixed. Uh, but again, everybody's different. I would encourage you to to you know get a quote and, and make the comparison for your specific situation, Justin. Okay, thanks. Good to know that you offer that. Yeah, three months ago, I got one that was like 2% less than 30-year fix, so it was worth it there, but I know that's not always going to be the case. It's, it's the well, okay, the inflation, yeah, the inflation curves have, have made these arms go stupid um, recently, so. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Thanks, Justin. I appreciate you calling in. And um, Yeah, thanks. Yeah, you got it. Uh, so I'm going to go back to, uh, I'm going to, Gloria, I'm going to go back to your question about um, can you use the sweep account concept because we were talking about the all one in second lean position. No, no, it doesn't work that way. Um, you're, you're, there's, there's no way, even if you've got a home equity line of credit and I'm closing on mine next week, um, there's no way for me to enjoy the sweep effect from all of my deposits into the HELOC. You, you, could you put... Could you deposit and withdraw and deposit withdrawal from your HELOC? And could you use your HELOC to pay things? The answer is no. A HELOC is a transactional um, vehicle with whatever institution supports the HELOC. And you can make um, payments and withdrawals, but it's it's um, it's not going to work the same way. So, sorry, Gloria. Okay, thank you. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> uh, Donna says, what is honorarium income? And how is it taxed when qualifying? I I don't know if I've ever heard honorarium. I'm Googling that crap right now. What is honorarium income? Uh, it's a token payment to bestow recognition for services they perform. Um, so my question is that taxable income, Donna. And if you're talking, you're on mute. I don't know if you can type that in. So... The question I would I would ask is um, if it shows up on your tax returns, then it can be used to typically for qualifiable income, provided it's an ongoing enterprise with the expectation to continue, and you've received it for at least, you know. Yeah, I have. I've never heard of it that kind of income before. So I'm. I'm, I'm ask. I'm guess I don't know anything about it. Um, I I asked this question before, but. I had told this um, a private school that wanted to hire me for early literacy coordinator, and I didn't want to be a 1099 because you had said you had indicated that you know that tax rate is higher and the, and it doesn't help me as much on. Um, oh yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah, yeah with self-employed versus W two for a loan. Yes, so they said chose. They picked honorarium, and I'm what in the heck is that? I know that now. I understand the context. I'm going to tell you what they said, what they meant. Okay. You ready? 
I'm ready. So Donna, um, I really like what you've done. And today I feel like that's worth five bucks. Um, I don't know. Maybe next time when you do it, it'll be worth 10. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if you do it next time. Gerard, Gerard's laughing. So uh, wow. it's, it's a, it's, it's kind of like, um, and you probably never came across this, but there's, there's a payment platform out there where you basically give people money. Think about it like a, like a GoFundMe in reverse where you're, you're saying to somebody, Hey, I'll, um, and sometimes if you go on, if you're like a tech nerd, like me, you go to some spot, some websites and they're like, Hey, here's this information. If you feel like paying us for it, we'd appreciate it, but we're not charging you for it. So it's that, that kind of concept is what I imagine this is meant to mean. Um, so the reality is if you get that honorary income and you put it in, <coughs> in your bank account, um, if it's an ongoing enterprise, I would be I would be careful that IRS is not going to consider that to be taxable income. It's one thing to get a gift. It's another thing to get a gift every Friday. <laughs> so, you know, be careful about what you accept. Um, if you've had the joy of being through an IRS audit, which I, I lasted three years before, they said, listen, just pay us something. Um, and I said, fine, here's something. And we and we got over it. They're not fun. And so um, what you th what you think the IRS won't do when they look at your bank statements, trust me, anything that you put in your bank statement, if it's an if it's um, more than once ever or once in a long while, they'll consider taxable income. And so, um, of course, my dogs are barking in the background downstairs because I'm having work done anyway. So sorry for the background noise. So that so, Donna, I would be careful about that. I would consider that 1099. And um, I would um, I'd encourage you to explore that further with what, you know, you feel is right. Great question. Honorarium income. I think that's the honor. I think I'm going to give you the honorarium gold star for that question today, because that's that's phenomenal. Uh, people just make stuff up like. Oh, and if you look, there's actually corporate finance Institute dot com talks about if it's taxable. So I Googled it and Google never fails. Right. Um, so dot. <laughs> <laughs> that has, that's what the name says. Dot. How many all-in-one loans can you have with Ridge Lending uh, with investment property? The answer is one. The answer is one. And um, so there you go. And you'd only want one. I, I think, I, I think I've, if you'd like to explore that more, we could talk about it more, but it's a sweep account. How many sweep accounts can you really have to be effective? The answer is one. Um, Gloria asks if you can use second position HELOC when you apply. Okay, we just answered that. And um, Janard, am I saying that right? Am I pronouncing your name correctly? Okay, cool. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's correct. All right, thank you. Uh, so, is there a minimum property value for a cash out refi? It's a great question. So, the answer is not about the value; it's about the loan amount. So, at Ridge, our minimum loan amount is seventy five thousand. Um, so flipping that on its head, if it's a cash out refi, typically that's, uh, depends on the unit count, but typically 70% loan to value is a good number to use. So if I work yeah. backwards from that, uh, if I could do that in my head, I'd really be smart divided by 0. 0.7, 0.7 is a hundred thousand. Okay. Okay. Well, I couldn't do that in my head. So uh, yeah, a hundred thousand value to get a cash out. So, so anything under that, you, yeah. So it ha you have to at least it would have to at least appraise out at a hundred to be able to 
do that? I guess like in the burst uh, strategy or, or whatnot. Well, so, you know, again, you have to be really careful because I don't know really the, the context here, but so if somebody bought a house for, um, you know, if you're, if you're trying to refinance to pull equity out of the property because you bought a house cash, keep in Correct. mind that if that's a situation, that's not necessarily a cash out situation. That could be, a del- it's called delayed, delayed, um, delayed financing. And I actually did a post on this a couple of weeks ago in the community. Um, so it, it, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac came out with a, an answer to the small time investors like us that says, listen, you buy a house cash, um, especially if you're putting money into the house. If you do the purchase correctly, that's considered a rate and term refi. And with Freddie Mac, you can do a single family rate and term investment up to 80 percent. Okay. So, you know, I, I don't know what your situation is exactly, but. Um, you know, as an investor, you typically, traditionally, unless you're going to like buy and hold for long term, you want to always make sure you're in that 30% equity to 25% equity range um, when you get involved, especially because you want to make sure you're you're maximizing other. You know. Oh, so. I, I know. I'm, I'm I'm definitely listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a. It's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a shell game, um, but that's the reason why I want to do lines of credit because I want to get into short term rentals in in Oahu and Waikiki especially because you can pick up you can pick up a um, you can pick up condos in Waikiki for about one seventy five to two hundred right now. Um, the monthly association is like eleven hundred ish on an average property, and if you can uh, make it look cute, you know you can. If you do the math again, it's two hundred thousand all in, but I can finance eighty um, percent. You know, I can make a hundred thousand dollars swing into five-ish properties and move forward, right? It's so it's kind of where you want to make sure you've got a good solid plan. The reason why I like the play on short-term rentals right now for um, Oahu is because they recently passed a law that bans short-term rentals outside of the Waikiki and Turtle Beach areas, unless you have an approved short-term license. And so everybody's going to, everybody who has a property outside of that area just got, just got zapped um, in October, it goes into effect. Um, it's a 90 day minimum. And, and I, there's, and everybody right now is um, values in, in Oahu. I've been watching them coming down. So that's kind of my play. It, it, so I like, I like short-term rentals for me because they're easy in, easy out. I still get very nervous at buy and hold. I've been burned too many times. And so it's either for me, it's either a flip. So going back in the situation where I buy a house cash, do the investment, sell it to somebody else. Um, and, or if I'm going to uh, get into like a, a little bit of a hold, I wanna make sure I'm, ma- I'm maximizing my LTVs to get my cash stretched out as far as I can. Okay. Okay. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you. I think it, it kind of it gives me gives me a little closer to, um, you know, being able to kind of sort out a, a plan or a strategy, you know, moving forward. So. Yeah, I, you know, and, and again, I've said this before. I kind of led the community off earlier this year with these concepts, but I, I did a meeting once where I talked about um, FHA using FHA multi unit to get into um, investment property ownership through owner occupancy. 
right? So FHA is not there to build up your, your real estate portfolio. But if you don't own another primary residence or a primary residence where you physically are, um, using, using FHA to get you into multi-unit ownership is a great vehicle um, to, to do that. And, uh, you know, sometimes qualifying for a multi-unit property is tough. Um, but, you know, there, if you have some experience, you could, um, you know, you can leverage properties even without uh, a lease in hand. Excuse me. You can you can leverage uh, the expected the expected um, uh, revenue of those other units to help you qualify. So, you know, there's all there's Chaley's Chaley's been brilliant on building up Ridge Lending Group's um, portfolio of products and strategies. Um, our, our underwriting team is is phenomenal of figuring out ways to um, maximize guidelines to to get solu- you know get solutions for what you might have. So. Jannard, if, if if there's you know if you've got some things you want to kind of bait through, make sure you're working with a dedicated lending specialist over at Ridge, and they'll they'll figure it out. Okay, awesome. Definitely appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. No, thank you. Uh, so Donna asks, can you explain the mentorship program? I think that was Remp. Donna, is that what you're thinking of? Remp. Um, the thing where Chaley would do like a mentorship program every year. Yeah, yeah. So she's actually uh, we're we're replacing we're in the middle of replacing that with. <coughs> Certified Power Buyer Program, which is no cost uh, right now. Uh, I think maybe next year, I think she's going to go back to charging for that um, Power Buyer Program. But for right now, she's not taking on anybody for the REMP mentorship. The way, just to kind of explain it, the Power Buyer Program, you fill out an online application. We don't need your credit run, but we do need your application. And we do need you to upload your documents to be reviewed. Chaley meets with you goes over your situation with what you're doing and what your plans are, and um, ultimately gives you an idea of what has to happen next. Um, if you're having problems finding um, property and inventory, um, she might coordinate you with a turnkey, uh, or at least give you some suggestions of how to find properties in the market that you're comfortable investing into. And we stay in touch. Um, Sean, the best way to set that up, that appointment up, is apply online. If you've already applied online, that means you're already working with a dedicated lending specialist. And if you're doing that, tell them that you want to set up a uh, great. Thank you, Sean. So who are you working with at, um, at Ridge as your dedicated lending specialist? I'll wait for you to. So whoever that is, and uh, go ahead and, and make sure you tell them that um, uh, if you haven't already filled out a certified um, power buyer application, that is on RidgeLendingGroup.com. I'll put it in the in the in the uh, chat here for anybody who wants it. Let's see if I can get to that real quick. Um, <clears throat> education uh, and and uh, basically, you go ahead and let me go back to the homepage and you um, uh, become a certified power buyer. And there's a link. Um, and I'll go ahead and put that up in the chat to everyone in the meeting. It's kind of a weird URL. <laughs> Just it, it, It's basically one of our form captures. And um, you fill it out. That'll come in through uh, typically Vana. Vana will, will coordinate. Vana or Carly will coordinate your meeting with Chaley. Uh, but they're going to make sure you've got your application in and you've got your documents received. So Chaley can give you some real insight. It's usually a 30-minute call initially. And then it kind of goes from there. 
So hopefully that's helpful. Uh, and if you can't get to that, if you're listening to the recording, uh, you can't get to the chat. Uh, if you go to ridgelandinggroup.com on the homepage, uh, basically scroll down to the, uh, uh, the button that says become a certified power bar and follow the steps there. So you get to it. Cool. Um, Catherine and Christina, it was two months ago. Uh, Catherine's no longer with us. Christina's all there all the time. Like that, that wonderful team member works nonstop. Um, she'll make sure that you're taken care of. No, you got it, Sean. Thank you. Um, we've been already talking 45 minutes. You know me, I love to talk. Anybody have any other questions? Uh, anything at all that I can help with? How fast, realistically, um, can you close on a delayed financing transaction after you've purchased the property? I assume there's some sort of way of kind of starting the initial ball rolling before you close um, if you're paying off cash, but but how fast could you close, do you think? Uh, it depends on the appraisal, and it depends on how you got on how you closed. So you're, presuming your HUD-1 um, is what you're using. Yeah. If you haven't closed yet, Jeff, I would highly encourage you take advantage of getting that um, that HUD one reviewed prior to closing with Ridge, making sure that it's configured properly to maximize your ability to finance that property after closing. So there's no, there the, the correct answer is it depends on your situation, but you could start that today before you close on a delayed financing um, loan. Because what's going to what's going to hold you up after closing is making sure we get the appraisal and making sure we get that uh, re deed um, back because uh -huh. title's going to need that for the closing. But I don't know. Gotcha. You can get the, the deed recorded and you get all your paperwork in. There's no time restriction in terms of how long you have to wait. Okay, good. So that's a good point to let you guys know ahead of closing to make sure the HUD looks looks correct and yeah. can be maximized. Um, and then, yeah, I guess, and then you would, you'd have to do, even if, well, I guess I probably wouldn't get an appraisal if I'm paying cash, but unless I just wanted one, but you would, then you guys would have to do your own appraisal on the delayed right. financing, right? After right. Closing. The appraisal yeah. has to be done by the lender. So you, you yeah. we, we would want to wait until you, again, that deed is recorded so that when the appraiser goes and does the properties, the public property search, it shows up in your name or your company's name. Right, right, makes sense. Okay, thank you. Um, and I and I really, I really, for everybody listening, I cannot stress enough. And I put, and that's why I put it in the community um, a post last. I think it was last week. It might have been the end of the week before, but recently, you have to make sure that you meet the Fannie Freddie guides on what has to be on that on that sale sheet. And um, there's a very specific way to do it because if you foul that up. You won't be able to use like if you're doing rehab, and you can you can you can include the cost of the rehab, including the cost of the closing in the calculation for the maximum financing on the on that new loan. So if you if you do it perfectly, you you won't leave any money on the table that you'd possibly be able to finance in the in that new mortgage. So just you know leverage Ridge as um, as much as you as you as you can to make sure you do that right. Taylor will guide you the whole way. That's what I would do. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate um, 
your conversation and your questions. Um, and I, hopefully we can help you out. And, and Denard, thank you. And Donna and Nancy and Gloria and um, Francis for joining and Michelle for coming and couldn't be here without you. So uh, if you have any further questions, certainly let me know, use the community. As always, um, the dog saying goodbye in the back. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you have any questions, again, it's 855-74-RIDGE or email to info at ridgelendinggroup.com or visit ridgelendinggroup.com uh, for more information about all the stuff we've been talking about today. So thank you, all everybody. Right, awesome. Thank, thanks again. Great time. Thank, thank you. Thanks, Larry. Thanks.